Hello, I'm Matthew Roth. I'm here with Alexander Schoenwalder, my soccer specialist, Ethan Seaman, my producer, and Louis Rio-Balter, my co-host for basketball. Today, of course, we're going over basketball and soccer with along another Super Bowl special. We will talk about the Super Bowl right now. Ethan, Louis, take it away. All right, so now we'll take it over to the Super Bowl. Now, of course, uh, Tampa Bay won by a lot, and no one really expected that. Louis, what do you think about Tampa Bay winning by a lot? What, what exactly happened in that game? The defense really stepped up. Brady, he won Super Bowl MVP. He wasn't – he had a good game, but it wasn't a great game. It was really the defense that stepped up. Mahomes, you could tell he wasn't playing well, and he wasn't used to it. He was used to winning and winning by big margins. Uh, I also want to add to that. I think that Mahomes didn't necessarily have a horrible game. He had a pretty good game, but that's not what you need in the Super Bowl from QB. You need them to be outstanding so you can win games. And Another thing that played probably uh, – sorry to interrupt. Another thing that played a big factor, right? The Chiefs didn't have their offensive line. They didn't have Mitchell Schwartz. They didn't have Eric Fisher. Those are two, I mean, of the best guys, offensive linemen in the league. And that, that of course, that allowed – uh, JPP and uh, Vita Vea to get to Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and we saw a lot of times he was under pressure. They just had to shuck the ball away. They're really you well. know, even though this the Kansas City Chiefs they did lose, those throws by Mahomes were one of a kind. I thought, you know, yeah, if he, the guy who's able to throw a ball like that is clearly the best quarterback. Yeah, really. Was- there was and I also think balls I also there. think there was I I was I think uh Tyreek Hill had a lot of passes that should have been caught. Yeah, they they did put a pretty good double team. You could notice on some plays Tyreek Hill was being double teamed, which I find interesting and I also know that like in the in their first meeting Tyreek Hill had 203 yards. So Yeah, so they, they clearly learned game. from that they clearly learned from that first meeting and of course uh, Leonard Fournette a great game 16 carries for 89 yards. Yes, he had a very good game. Um yeah. I also think that Gronkowski, right? We saw him, he didn't really have a great. He was not he was there but he wasn't really a big presence all season and then he just showed up last night. He showed up. Like that's what he did. Came out. Yeah, and I think the Chiefs were pretty surprised because they they were able to hold uh, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to a pretty small uh, amount of yards and receptions, yeah. and then we see Gronk wide open, a lot of passes. Yeah, there was – and Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, he actually had a good game. He broke a lot of tackles. He got a touchdown. Well, that, that 27-yard touchdown, if you remember, he was untouched. I think one thing the Chiefs need to work on in the offset season is clearly their defense. Other than that, they're fine. I think they also uh, – Yeah, um, No, I just think that they had a lot of penalties as well, which I don't know. There were some iffy calls a little tight, but I think for the most part they didn't they, – they couldn't control it. They just had a lot of penalties. Which there, there's two particular and if you've seen them – uh, Gronk's press conference on, I think, NFL Network, it's totally, like, BS. Like, he, he's just flexing. If you want to see him flexing, that's where you can yeah. see him. <laughs> of course, I think these Buccaneers guys, they think, like, this is a huge win. And Tampa Bay, I'm, I'm looking at Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, what they're saying on the press conferences. I watched it earlier today. They're not mad that they lost. They just said, you know, they wish they won, but, you know, it's a small road bump. 
Uh, that shows they're 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 ready for the next Super Bowl. I wouldn't. So I have to say that team is going to be good for a long time. And there right? was two key penalties though. There was one I remember at the very end of the second half. It, Brady threw the ball in the back in the back of the end zone. Um, that time they called that back. that yeah that pass interference call was terrible. There was three other big ones though on that same drive a little at the beginning. There, there was, was the, the it, there was an interception. It was not even near the where the interception happened. It was another questionable holding. Call. Yeah, it. I I like the call they made on the holding. I I think it wasn't near Tyron Matthew. I also have to say that I think that like at that point in the game, you said late in the second half, it was irrelevant. Kansas City wasn't going to win. But yeah, and I think a lot of people were expecting, oh, Kansas City is going to come back. They've been down by bigger deficits. And they've came back in one half. If you remember last season, divisional round, we saw Kansas City down 20, and they were able to come back in the first half to, I think, lead at halftime. Also about Ethan. Also last last year in the um, like Super Bowl, they were down 10 heading into the fourth quarter, and they got it together and they pulled themselves back. They couldn't well, that Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, like they ex- they were expecting sort of a comeback. But when you expect a comeback to happen, you're ready, and that's why Kansas City was unable to come back. And the interception flag, though, that was a big deal momentum-wise. They were they were at the end of the second quarter. They scored a touchdown with six seconds left. Yep. That, that I think, was the turning point in the game where we kind of – no, Alex, what do you have to say? Oh, I just want to say um, – uh... My dad told me that the Buccaneers weren't a good team last year, but then when Tom Brady um left the Patriots to join um the Buccaneers, he had a big influence, and I think that Tom Brady influences the football team he's on, and he leads the team to the success, not the coach. Yeah, I I have I have to agree with that actually, Alex. I think that that's a valid point, right? The Buccaneers, they were horrible. They had James Winston. He was absolutely trash, right? And look, a year later, they brought in Brady. They had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They they got Gronk out of retirement. And then they added Antonio Brown and Leonard Fournette. Yeah, so I, I was actually listening to a podcast, the Low Post podcast, very good podcast on ESPN. Um, They were saying, like, the, the Brady effect. Tom Brady motivated everyone. Like Devin White and Levante David and all those guys on defense, he said, like, you're going to keep doing this, even though he was on offense. Like, you got to play well. And he was tough on them with sort of like a Kobe Bryant mentality and Michael Jordan mentality, like he did in the Chicago Bulls. And you could tell, like, the rookies, like Antoine Winfield Jr., or the young guys, like Devin White. Like, before that, like, Devin White, he was like a – he was like an okay player this year. He balled out. Antoine Winfield, the rookie, great pick. But yeah, yeah. I and look, I think now we're running a bit out of time for this Super Bowl segment. This has been great. Let's take it over to uh, NBA basketball and of course college basketball with me. Here it is. Yep. Okay, so now we are moving on to the NBA segment. Here it is. First off, I'm going to start off with the game of the week that we do more like two weeks, but still. 
It's the Nets versus Wizards. The final score was the Wizards 149, Nets 146. Durant had 37 points. Joe Harris, usually just the three-point specialist, had – Yeah, and that's – sorry to interrupt. That's pretty – That I don't think that's so surprising. He's a great three-point shooter, and I wasn't surprised he was able to put many thir- those amount of points on the board. Yeah. Kyrie had an okay for Kyrie, 26 points. Westbrook went off, 41 points. He played an amazing game. Hit a couple of threes, too. And Bradley Beal, 37 points. That's yeah, I, I put Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal as, like, two guys on one team together that work really well together. I think they both can shoot. They both are great uh, playmakers. And, yeah, I think they're two great players that work well on a team together. I think I, it's an upgrade from Houston for Russell Westbrook. I agree. So, yeah, it's definitely one of the best games. Russell Westbrook, he had a shot – like mid-range three, somewhere around that area. He Then he stole the ball and hit a game winner for three. He was one of the best games so far this year, I think. And that was a bad pass from Joe Harris, I'm pretty sure. But then we go with 2.9 seconds left, uh, Timothy Lawalu Cabarro. The layup. Never, never really heard of him. He misses a layup. And, you know, it's the NBA, you know, there's the excuses sometimes players miss layups. That's not really an excuse in the NBA. That's just not. When you have wide open layup, that's not an excuse. So I, I think the Nets, the Nets played that play in a great way. It, they executed it very poorly. Yeah, and that's more of like a JV high school excuse. I'd, I'd go to middle school down there. Yeah. So Steph Curry had 57 points in a loss to the Mavericks. Jokic had 50 points on the same day in a loss to the Kings. It was actually the first time in NBA history that two players had 50 or more points and both lost. Now, is that, that is true? Is that true? Yeah, I yeah. That, okay, well, that is that's pretty good record. I mean, they both – when the Warriors lose with Steph Curry having 57 points, the other players on that team must have not played well. Yeah. Luke also had a good game. He had like 40-some points. Well, Next in the top ten. Number 10 this week, I got a team that wasn't in my list last week. got the Spurs. They've been playing well. They've been meshing. DeMar DeRozan has been playing at an all-star type level. And, yeah, I think overall doing well. Number nine, I got the Pacers. And all I got to say is Miles Turner, 3.6 blocks per game. He's leading the league in blocks this season by about 20. And – He's playing at a defensive player of the year type level. Number eight, the Celtics. Well, I just want to stop you. He's not, he's not going to win defensive player of the year. That's for sure. But he, he is very good. He's playing at that level, but he's, he's not. Yeah. That mentality. Like I want to win that award. Number eight Celtics. Jason Tatum has been playing well. Jalen Brown has been playing well, but the rest of the team, I don't know. They're, they're struggling a little bit, but Still here, number eight. Number seven, the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are really just meshing well, and you can see why. Chris Paul's a pass-first player. Devin Booker likes to shoot, and I don't know what to tell you. They're meshing. Yeah, and they also have DeAndre Ayton, a great uh, center. Yes. Number six, this is a pretty big drop-off. I got the... 
the LA Clippers. They actually lost to the Celtics a couple days ago, but I'm still going to put them ahead just because of now how the way they're playing in all the other games. Kawhi is still playing at Kawhi-type levels. Paul George is playing amazing. But Patrick Beverly has been out for a little bit, and you can tell the other team's point guards haven't been playing well. Five, I got the Bucks. I mean, not much to say. Giannis, Chris Middleton playing pretty well. Number four, I got the Nets. They lost to the to a couple of teams. They lost to the Bucks, but they beat the Clippers. Um, so yeah, but otherwise they're playing pretty well. Three, I got the 76ers, like Joe Embiid MVP type level. They're just playing really well. Number two, I got the Lakers. LeBron James, Anthony Davis playing really well. They're beating all the teams they play. And number one, maybe a little bit controversial, I got the Jazz. They've won 50- I, I, I actually do agree with you with the Jazz. I think the Jazz, they do have the best record. They've been playing like the best team in the league. The Jazz, they're, I don't think they're going to win the NBA Finals. I don't see them as a very clutch team, but they are. They have been beating some great teams. They, they're 15-16 and 16 in their last they, no, they've won 15 of their last 16 games. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. So now, of course, we're going to take it over to college basketball. So we first want to start off with our game of the week, uh, Iowa versus Ohio State. In that game, uh, Ohio State did win by 489-85. Pretty high-scoring game. I was surprised they were able to score that high. I thought Iowa and Ohio State, both of those teams, were more of a defensive type. Uh now, what I saw from that game, uh, if you were watching it, if you're looking at the box score, uh, four out of the five guys on Ohio State's starting lineup were in double digits for points. And they were also, like almost all of them were, Justin Aaron's nine points, that's almost 10. So that shows, you know, Ohio State, there's no guy to shut down on Ohio State. So, I mean, you really, the team that's going to stop Ohio State is a team that can just defend man-to-man. Iowa, of course, they did have a seven-point lead in that, but they did, of course, blow it towards the end of the game. So now, of course, I do want to give Louie a few uh, questions here. Let's start off with my question number one. We all know that Michigan is out for a three-week break. They just postponed their game versus Illinois. Uh, do you think Michigan will still be playing at a high level when they come back from their three-week pro- pro- pause? It's tough to say right now. I don't think they're going to playing. They're going to be playing at the level they were playing. I think they're still going to be playing really well, like a top ten team. I just... and do you think they're going to be like still the best in the Big Ten? It depends if Iowa, if Ohio State keeps up this streak. If they do, no. If they don't, then yes. Yes, and according to ESPN, Michigan is supposed to win out. Okay, so my question number two is, who do you think is the team that's going to stop Ohio State? Remember, Ohio State, you know, everyone on their start, starting lineup can shoot or play very well. So who do you think is that defensive team that will shut Ohio State down? Usually I would say Iowa, but we saw that didn't happen. Michigan, again, we don't know how they will play after their break. For now, until Michigan comes in, I'm going to say absolutely no one. 
Well, I, I, I sort of disagree with that. I think Illinois is a team that has been pretty clutch in times. If Right. So now for my third question is who do you think is the best conference in the country? I, I what do you think, Louis? I think this is pretty clear. It's been changing in the past couple of years, but now I think it's really the Big Ten. They have so many teams high ranked. I mean, three of the top five teams in the country. Yeah, three of the top five teams in the country are in the Big Ten. Number three, Michigan. Two, I mean, four, Ohio State. Number five, Illinois. So and that, yeah. I think, you know, if you remember the ACC, they used to be really good. I think... You know, we can compare a lot of these teams in the Big Ten to teams in the ACC. I do think, uh, you know, Michigan is the new Duke. And even though they're not highly ranked um, right now, I think Iowa's probably the new North Carolina. They're always going to be constantly pretty good. And I think, of course, you have other teams, the occasional good teams, just like how the ACC has been. So I could really compare the Big Ten to the ACC, and I do agree with you that uh, the Big Ten is the best conference. And, and really, they had a lot of – they barely had anyone in the top 25 or people in the late top 25 other than Iowa. Yeah, well, I mean, Iowa, they just started to become good. I think before Iowa, before about maybe – three years ago before Michigan started becoming pretty good before Ohio state started making big runs before Iowa was sort of the team to beat before Wisconsin was too. Uh, it was mostly Michigan state and the big 10 conference was not as highly rated. I think now it's going to be a big place where recruit college recruits will end up going. All right. So finally now my top 10, number 10 is Oklahoma. Despite losing this week, Oklahoma, they're still a pretty good team. They've had, they actually had three upsets in a row. Uh, they knocked off number nine, Kansas, who is on rank now. They beat Texas 88, 80 to 79, and they beat Alabama, who also just lost. Their recent loss was to Texas Tech, but they bounced back to Iowa State. Of course, their Baylor game was postponed. I was very excited for that. But there are a lot of ranked teams in the Big Ten, 12 too. And I think Oklahoma, if they can do well in the Big 12 content conference, they can move higher. I, I, they just haven't proved that they're a real high in the top 10 team. Number nine, this might be a bit weird, but I think Missouri. Um, Missouri, they, uh, they're on a three-game winning streak to loss. Their last loss was to Auburn in an upset, but they beat TCU in overtime. TCU, not a bad team. They beat Kentucky by five, and then they beat number 10, Alabama. So... Alabama did fall again. Yes? I think out of those, their biggest win is Alabama. It was a hot team. Not like early in the season, they had a couple losses, but then they just started winning. And Missouri kind of stopped their streak. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so now for number number eight, we got Texas Tech. Texas Tech, of course, they're a team in the past few years. They've been lingering around in the top 25. And they've been consistently doing that this year. They're coming off of a pretty good win versus Kansas, Kansas State, actually. And they are also, they also beat number nine, Oklahoma. 
of course, their Baylor game was postponed, which I was also excited for that game. Baylor, COVID hit them. But they have a very good game. I think it's tomorrow night or something. I think tomorrow night they do play number 14, West Virginia, which will be a great matchup to see two big Big 12 teams uh, who have a chance to make a run in March Madness. Now, number six is, I got to go, number six has to be, or number seven, my bad. Number seven has to be Virginia. Virginia, you know, the last two seasons haven't been their best. Last season, they were lingering in the low top 25, but this season, they're way better. They did lose two games ago to Virginia Tech, but they've bounced back in a huge way. They just beat North Carolina North Carolina State, and they also beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh having Justin Champagny. The best uh, power forward and rebounder in college basketball. Um, now number six is Villanova. Villanova did struggle, and they did lose Villanova. They lost recently. They did lose, um, I guess, by, I think, around 11 points. They lost by – they. Villanova lost by 11 points to St. John's. St. John's not a bad team. They're 13 and 6. But they're, of course, you know, St. John's not the best team. They're, they've been good in non-conference play, but they come to Big East conference play, and they're just not playing at a high level. Number uh, five, I have Illinois. Illinois, of course, they started off highly ranked. They were actually at number five. They moved back a bit after struggling for a few games. But Illinois, they're making a comeback, and they're probably one of the more strongest teams in the Big Ten. They're on a four-game winning streak. They beat Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, and Wisconsin. They did – the Michigan game was canceled. But they did beat – they did have three pretty good wins. Number four, I, of course, think it will be Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, really, they came off a win versus Iowa, Ohio State – Really, everyone has been playing at a high level on their team. They're on a four-game winning streak. Uh, I think their biggest win, they, the two away games that they've had at Wisconsin, at Iowa, two hard places to win, and they've showed being away doesn't matter to them. They can win anywhere, anytime. Yeah, and I think, I think the top five is pretty straightforward. It's, it's really not a contest. I mean – Yes, I I think everyone's going to stay where they are for now. I think at number three, we will have Michigan at 13-1, despite a three-week pause. Number two, of course, Baylor. They've been playing at a high level, even though they have some a two-week pause as well. And Gonzaga, of course, is the best team in college basketball by a lot. That is it for college basketball, and we will take it over to soccer. Hello. Welcome to the soccer section of the podcast. I am here alongside my soccer specialist, Alex Schoenwilder. I am Ethan Seaman, and I I will be hosting this segment. Okay. So to start, so to start this off, we have we're going to recap the transfer window, which closed on on, yeah on February first. Okay. So we're going to start Arsenal had five things that they did. They sold three players, and they brought in two players. Um, so they sold Maitland-Niles to West Brom. Leicester were said to be interested, but I don't think Arsenal wanted to give a player away to one of their rivals who they're competing with. 
for spots in Champions League or Europa League. So he went to West Brom. They also gave away Joe Willock, who who went to Newcastle. Both of these are on loan, so that's cool to note. And then they also gained two players. They got um, Odegaard. He, they got him on loan from Real Madrid, and he could be a very useful addition. They also got Matt Ryan, who's from Brighton, which this was a very surprising deal, but he's definitely better than Alex Runarsson, who's seen make many mistakes. He did start um, his first game against Austin Villa, and in the first two minutes, he gave up a goal, but then played a pretty solid rest of the game. Then the next move that we have on this list, not Arsenal, but it's Sevilla. They made a big move. This may be one of the the biggest moves of the entire transfer window, Get, bringing in Papu Gomez from Atalanta, who played, who's played brilliant this season, played brilliant last season, and this will definitely strengthen their team as they hope for Champions League football next season. And, and Alex, I'll give you these next two transfers. Okay, so we're going back to England. Liverpool have strengthened their back line because of defensive injuries, and they have signed Ozan Kabak from Schalke and Ben Davies from Preston. And then um, Chris Richards has signed on a loan for, for Hoffenheim in Germany. There wasn't that much big transfers, but there were a lot of rumors. Yeah, even though the window's over, there's still tons of rumors, so we'll just go. And there might be ones made in, like, a few days. Who knows? Yeah, okay. We'll, okay. Time for the rumors. Um, I'll start this off, and then, yeah. Well, first of all, I don't think some of you have seen this, but a soccer player has died. R.I.P. His name is his last name is Garcia. I forget what the first name is, but R.I.P. And then we're gonna get to La Liga. Ramos is close to deal to go to Man U. Look, and I, I think it's a, well, this deal is very strange. And then you like it's like. He's been with Real Madrid so long. I think it would be surprising if he moved. But he also may be in search of winning Champions League or winning something else to close out his career. We'll see. Also, to add on to uh, um, the Sergio Ramos rumors, in the past, he's been flirting with clubs so he could get a higher payroll. So maybe he's trying to convince Real Madrid to give him a higher payroll. Because I, because I think I heard that he wanted to retire at Real Madrid. And if he's saying, I want to leave, I want to leave, I don't think he wants to leave. I think he just wants more money. I also think that he wants a three-year deal, right? And he's a pretty old player. He's, I believe, six, 36 years old. 35. What, 35? Yeah. Okay, so 35 years old. And he wants a three-year deal. That'll take him till he's 38. Real Madrid do not want to pay up a lot of money for Real Madrid. He's, he's been prone to injuries, and right now is out with with a six-week injury, so I don't think they want to sign him for that much time because they don't want to risk it on him and they want to give him a one- or two-year deal, but he doesn't want to, so I think that's causing a lot of conflict. But let's get on to our next um, rumor. Yeah. Um, Well, I'll give this to my co-host, Ethan. He'll do the rest, and then I will do the title races. Okay. Um, So... Manu are also linked with Sancho and Haaland. Chelsea are also trying to get Haaland, but 
I think that Dortmund wants to lock him up, but it's not going to go well. Umpacano is also linked with a move to Bayern. Also, this is very strange, but Chelsea wants to hijack Real Madrid move for Alaba and are going to try to sign him and give him more money. But that would be, that would cause a lot of chaos. If that happens, I would be very surprised. I think that David Alba may end up staying with Bayern because of all this, but we'll see. I doubt it. I think he's been at Bayern for like more than 10 years and he needs a new adventure. He's won the treble twice. And I think that if Real Madrid are going to sell Ramos, they need David Alba. Yes, I agree. Um, As usual, Christian Eriksen is linked with a move away from Inter Milan. Inter Milan, they're, they're, they're title contenders, but Eriksen is not having huge influence like they wanted him to. And I think he was, he's just been a waste of money. So they're just trying to, like, just do whatever they can. Yeah. Okay. And then Juventus. This is very interesting. Juventus are linked with a swap deal for Aaron Ramsey and Eric Lamella. Man City and, and then the, this is another interesting rumor, but Man City and PSG are linked with a move for Lukaku. Also, we've seen this for a long time. It's been building up, but Mbappe is linked with a move to Real Madrid or Liverpool. They're both willing to to pay up lots of money, but we'll see if it if it really if it ends up going through. And now this is not really rumored. This has actually happened, and this is not actually going to be looking for a new goalie because Onana has been banned for twelve months because of doping. Honestly, this doesn't surprise me too much because he's been in brilliant form. But is he really that good? So, he's a rising talent, and yeah, he just wasted his career by um, doping. A lot of teams are girlfriend, so I think he. Just destroyed his career. Yep. And we'll never see Onana in the in the Ajax the shirt, I think. I think that this is a good lesson. Don't do drugs. But um, let's get on to the next one. Um, Neymar is on the verge of signing a new contract with PSG. <coughs> he said multiple times he wants to play with Messi, so I think it could be very influential whether Messi goes to um, PSG or he stays at Barca. But I think that... Neymar doesn't want to go back to PSG. I think he wants to, or Barca, sorry. Um, but I think he wants to stay with PSG and wants to win a title and bring them forward. So we'll see what happens. Um, Florian Thivon is on the verge of signing for AC Milan. This is very close. We'll we'll watch it down the road. We'll see what happens. But I'm pretty sure he's going to sign unless something else that's crazy happens. Unless Marseille need him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now our big games and results from the weekend. Alex, you can take these first few. Okay, so the the first one is Manchester United versus Arsenal. It's two of the best teams of in Premier League history, and it it was goalless. Yeah, I think that the game was pretty entertaining, but it really was it. I think Rashford had two or three chances that he wasted. And I think Arsenal just did a good job keeping Bruno Fernandez under tight wraps, but it wasn't really an entertaining game. The next game was Liverpool versus Tottenham, and it ended 3-1 to Liverpool. Ted Lasso, right? Um, All right, do you want to do Ted Lasso? Um, uh, give me one sec. Sorry, uh, you do this. Um, okay, so we did see that Tottenham lost, 
lost to Liverpool. Liverpool won, right? And Liverpool, they look to be going on a good run of form, beating West Ham as well. But then what we saw is even more surprising. We'll get to that. And it'll, and it'll come up as the, as the last one. But for Tottenham, it they're just lacking something. With, with, with no Harry Kane... It just shows that they're not a good team anymore. Like, they're relying too much on Harry Kane, and I think they have to sack Jose Mourinho because he's relying too much on one player. Yeah, I also in the bus, so he's uh, like. I also want to make a good point that Tottenham looked very good in the beginning of the season. They went on a good run of form. They beat Man City. They looked like they were going to be a a title contender. They were in first place. Arsenal are close to going over them. It's gone overboard. Jose Mourinho is, is honestly more focused right now, should be more focused on keeping his job and doing what's best for the team, but we'll see what happens. Our yeah. next result was Leicester and Everton. This game is go- was influential on the title race, and it ended 1-1. Both teams got a goal, and that, I think, is good for a lot of teams. Arsenal benefit from that. Austin Villa benefit from that because they, they can gain points, they can get, and they can try to get to the championship spots. Our next game was Alex. You can have it. You can take it. It, it was RB Leipzig versus Bayer Leverkusen. I mean, it's not really the two best teams, but it's it's fight. They're both fighting for second and third, and it ended in a one-zero um, win. And looking at the defenses, it it was gonna be a tough game for both teams. The next one is Atalanta versus Lazio. Two of the biggest rising teams in the past two years. And it ended in a 3-1 win for Atalanta. They they continue and march forward. And then we have Chelsea versus Tottenham. It was a 1-0 win. Again, Harry Kane wasn't playing. And it just demonstrates that Tottenham are different without Harry Kane. And I think if Harry Kane wants Champions League football, He's going to have to leave because Tottenham are dropping points by the minute. And they have Man City who left to play. They have Man U. They have a lot of big teams. And they slip up against them. I also so. want to make a good point that Chelsea only won on a penalty. So, I mean, no, we have they, a lot of big trends this season with 0-0 draws. And, and, like, I guess, like, you could say games that are low scoring. But, again, that's soccer. So, what more? So. I mean, Chelsea have just been phenomenal with it. With Thomas Tuchel, they've been, they've only let it one goal, and it was an own goal. So it just shows that no player from the opposing team has scored against Tuchel in his four games in charge. Significant, and I think he's gonna lead Chelsea and Timo Werner and Kai Havertz to success. Um, the last, the last one I will give to my colleague Ethan. Um, yeah, so this is the big one. Man City beat Liverpool 4-1. At Anfield. At Anfield. This is this is what's telling you. Man City are the best team in England. They are the best team in the world. They are, the they are going to win the Premier League. When you beat Liverpool 4-1, you know you're, you're, you're insane. Because Liverpool, like we said, they, they, beat, play really they beat West Ham. And they looked like they were finally on a good run of form. And they're but then they lost to Brighton. Going to become t- title, title contenders, but they didn't. It it just we're going to say it. They they lost. They they their title hopes are over. Yeah, um, they're champions. Unless league. unless City slip up big time, 
City have to slip up once, twice, three times. They're gonna have to slip so many times, and it, it looks like man, it's Man U also don't have a huge chance. Man, you're gonna have to win against City, and you're gonna have to hope City lose a few games. So right now, I think Man City. I don't know what I'm speechless there. I mean, and then also Liverpool. Yeah. They're just sloppy now. Like I think they've given up. Like was Van Dyke injured? Yeah. I think they've just like they've dropped their morale because Van Dyke has been so influential in the back. I know Liverpool are losing at home three times, and they didn't even lose a single game last year or now, the year before at home. I want to say that this is showing us. Is this? Is, I'm gonna leave you guys with this question, but and we won't answer it. But maybe a future a future episode, but. Is Van Dyke carrying? Was Van Dyke carrying Liverpool? A lot of people were like, "Oh, R- Roberto Firmino. Oh, Sadio Mane. Oh, um, uh, but but really, was it them or was it Van Dyke? Ask that question and think about it. Right? It could. It, it'll be interesting to see. Now we'll go to our title races. Okay. Man City. We already said this. They they hold firm grip on the league. And they thrashed Liverpool, absolutely thrashed them. And they're now five points clear of Man U, who slipped against Arsenal, against Arsenal and Everton. They drew against both of them and lost to, um, what do you call it? Help me out, man. Uh, They lost to Sheffield United, which are at the bottom of the table. Yeah, they've been absolutely horrendous after a good year last year, but we'll get to that. We'll, we'll talk about I mean, There are some spark. They, they did beat Southampton 9-0, which is very impressive. But when, when, you, when, you, when you tie to Arsenal and Everton and lose to Sheffield, that's not – and beat Southampton 9-0, it shows that you're kind of inconsistent. Um, Liverpool, like we said, they, they looked like a strong team. And then they're fourth now, but they beat Tottenham and West Ham, which isn't bad. And – Tottenham are falling and are out of contention for right now, so we'll see. Okay. And Liverpool have three teams choosing after that fourth place Champions League spot. Everton have two games in hand, and they're like four point six points behind. Chelsea is there, and they're tied on um games, and the and West Ham there is there too. So I think if Liverpool keep on slipping up, they're gonna be in the Europa League. Yep, I also – now we're going to head to La Liga. Okay, look. Atletico, they remain in control. They're eight points clear. They – or, yeah, eight points clear, I think. They did draw against Celta on a last-minute goal this afternoon. But, look, Barca are making strong case to challenge them. But, really, with the form Atleti have been, it doesn't seem likely. Right now, we might as well just count, crown our La, La Liga champions early on. Unless something drastic happens and something crazy happens, but I doubt it. So, now, Alex. So now we are gonna go to. Okay, so um, interesting titles races developing in the Bundesliga League One. Leon and Lille are above, are both above holders PSG. Oh no, wait. Sorry, my bad. It's in the league on um, it's the same like. The the th- top three teams won again. It's got it's really tight, and 
I think this is the tightest league on has been in 10 years. Yeah. Um, Lil is actually on 54 points. Leon is on 51, 52 points. And PSG is on 51 points. And Monaco also right there after Kravis last year. Niko Kovac has been so influential. Yeah, on 48 points. So all these teams look good. So we'll see how it, how it plays out. And then in the Bundesliga... I think Bayern have got back into the groove. They they're returning back to their old self. They really snapped up after they lost a second division team in the DFB Pokal, and yeah. I think it's gonna be Bayern. There's seven points clear, and I I I I see Leipzig slip up multiple times. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Leipzig are the team to take second. Interestingly enough, Wolfsburg are in third are now in third again. After a win against Freiburg, and yeah. they previously beat Leverkusen, and Leverkusen looked to have declined. They they're inconsistent. They look to be better, but now they're not. So we'll see. Um, the next thing we we're gonna talk about is VAR. If you didn't see this week's game, West Ham versus Fulham, it was absolutely terrible refereeing. Yeah, Suchik got a red card for trying to escape his marker. For, by li- and he accidentally lifted his elbow and hit someone in the face. He got a red card for that. It was accidentally, even though the player who got said it wasn't, even the player who got who got hit said that's not a red card. He was just trying to get out of the way. The these refs, I don't know what they're saying. The, the, I think VAR is just it's just worse. It's become worse. At the beginning, it seemed oh yay we're gonna have video assistant referee yay that's gonna be cool, but. It's become a hazard. It's become bad. It's become it's it it's honestly taken away from soccer instead of adding to it. That's that's my view. I mean, other people would be like, "Oh, VAR is great. Oh, oh, it's doing well," but it's not. It's. I I also think that VAR in well, I think that VAR is going too far. Like the Arsenal versus Wolves game did, did was that really a penalty by? Penalty yeah. Wolves. Yeah, I thought. Like, they, they, I think he died. The penalty, not both. Red card yeah. penalty. Take your pick, right? If the ref wants to give the red, I think it wasn't red. even a red. You want to give the penalty? Penalty, give the penalty. Yeah. And, and then in the Southampton versus Man U game, Bender did not deserve that red card. He clearly avoided Martial. I just think VAR is going too far, and I think that somebody needs to come up with new rules. That will help us have better leagues because it just is being too biased. Yeah, it's just not doing well. Look at the Arsenal game, Wolves. Arsenal probably would have won that game if it wasn't for that VAR call overturning the red card. And you know what? Let's just get on to our next segment because we we're just going to be talking all day about how bad VAR is. Okay. Now we're going to go to power rankings, top ten. Okay. So, number one, we said it before, Man City. We can't keep them off the list. Pep Guardiola is showing it again. He's a magic. He may be one of the best coaches of the, of the, of the generation. He's absolutely fantastic. He's, he's gotten them out of the slump. He's gotten them into first place. He's gotten them, them where they are. And they may be Champions League favorites after this. They may might be going in as favorites. We'll see because – um. He doesn't. Pep doesn't have a great like history in the Champions League, but it looks like Man City are 
They look as good as they've ever looked. Okay, so um, next up is Bayern Munich. I mean, they, they're just on a consistency. They've won five games in a row in the Bundesliga, and they're in the final of the Club World Cup. I think that but they're they've just had a resurgence like their their heads remembered who they were a year ago and yeah there's nothing else to say they're just they're just incredible but man city they are they are playing the old tiki taka that pep used to use in barcelona so now coming in at number three is atletico madrid I think we could have put them at one or two, maybe at a Bayern Munich, but we'll see. But they look, they look good. They they play the best. They 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 haven't looked this good under Simeone. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's Suarez. It's Suarez's influence," and it could be. He's a good person in law to have in the locker room, and I think he could be leading this young squad, bringing them up, scoring the goals they need to score. And look, Barca might be shaking their heads and going. Why did we sell this guy? Oh, yeah, he's one of the best strikers in the world. Doesn't matter what team you put him on. Doesn't matter. It shows you again. That's why Messi fought so hard for him. That's why Messi wants him on his team. Right? So, Barcelona's lost. Um, right, so... And then at four, we have Inter Milan. We could put AC Milan here, but no. Inter Milan. They're playing very well. They're challenging for the title. They're still behind. But if they don't, if they keep winning on a consistent basis, and Antonio Conte keeps influencing it, put, like putting in his system, and it works, and it hasn't failed, we'll see. They could come out as as champions this season. Okay. Um. Next up is Lille Lost. They're just in, they're just doing so well. I think that like seeing how they're fighting for first place after they didn't get Champions League last year is shows something like they they're ready for the next big challenge and they're just been so consistent yeah they're three points clear of BSG two points clear of Leon we'll see what happens okay our fifth is Manchester United we had them at one two weeks ago I want to make a good point that this is every two weeks so like some, it's kind of hard to get all of that news in, but we will say, Man U, they were held by Arsenal and, and Everton to only get one, two points out of those two games. And they lost to Sheffield, who were going to get relegated and are only on, like, whatever, less than 10 points on the season. Oh, they're and, Oh, 11. Okay. And then, then they won 9-0 against Southampton. So that's inconsistency. And when you're inconsistent, you can't win titles. You have to be able to win on a consist- consistent basis if you aren't challenged for titles. Okay. okay. The next one is AC Milan. Just incredible. I mean, Zlatan has brought back into AC Milan to their prime. And though they, they might be inconsistent, they are still first place. And they might win it. And I think they have the they have what they have what it takes, but Inter Milan are really strong contestants right now. Also, okay, now I'm gonna make this note, right? Barcelona, this may be the most controversial pick, but it might not be. They're playing insane. They they're are. playing. They're they're above Real Madrid. They're 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 playing how they should be. 
right? They're Barcelona. They're one of the best. They're regarded as one of the best clubs in the world. They should be performing up to those standards. Griezmann has finally found his feet at the club. He's been he's been playing out of his mind. He's been absolutely insane. We also have Lionel Messi, who's been playing. He, he's been injured. He's been fighting through injury problems, but he's still the best player in the world, right? He's he's half injured. He comes on and scores a goal against Real Betis and gets Barca going, right? So we'll we'll see how this plays out. But this looks like they will be serious problem. There will be serious problems for PSG in in the um in the round of 16 tie on actually I think only in a week from now. So we'll see. Yeah. Our our eighth pick actually speaking of PSG is PSG, right? Is PSG. They're they're still playing insane. They beat Marseille. Marseille had a red card. They're outplaying them and look right now they're just playing very, very well. Even though they all they did lose that one game to Lorient. And I, and I think they're still finding their feet with new coach Mauricio Pochettino, which is another reason that I would be concerned for them if Ansu Fati is back in form by the time by the time the Champions League tie comes around. Okay, the next one, the last one is Eintracht Frankfurt. So one year ago, they didn't make the Champions League, and they just weren't inconsistent. But this year. They've developed the deadly trio they had in 2018-2019. They ha- Andre Silva has been getting in the goals and is currently the second top scorer in the league. And that's why they're that's why Frankfurt are in the Champions League. They have been really consistent, but I think they will slip up against those big teams. And now we will go to our, um, our weekly awards. Okay. So you can do our worst player of the week first, okay? The worst player of the week goes to Allison. Two mistakes in one of the most important games. Unacceptable, and if he, Allison just – he's playing like Adrian almost. But look, listen up for one sec. He has made more mistakes at Liverpool than Carius. People are like, oh, Carius is horrible. As bad as you think Carius was – he just made one mistake. He just yeah. Made- he only made one mistake. Yes, yes. You could say it's the biggest stage in the world. Yeah, one mistake, two mistakes, two mistakes. That's it. Yeah. Right. He didn't make any other mistakes. So I question that. Um, our best player of the week goes to Gundogan. He's been in amazing form. He's been playing the best football he's ever been playing, and I think that this is just. It looks like he. I mean, I think that um. De Bruyne hasn't has been playing. He's been playing De Bruyne standards, but he hasn't been playing lights out. Gundogan has really stepped up along with Phil Foden for Man City, and that's what's taken them over the top. Okay, the next one, the craziest moment of the week goes to Stuchek's red card. Yeah, we talked about it, and that's why it's here. The goal of the week goes to Francesco Trincao as he had he controlled the ball on the volley and then shot it outside the box. And it was insane. Um. Yeah. It was absolutely okay. And now I know. And now I know this isn't soccer. It's not, but it is football. It is the biggest game of the week. We can't. We can't say it's not the game of the week. The uh, of the past two weeks. So that that that's gonna be it for our podcast this week. And we will see you in two weeks. Thank you. Louis, you are.